Feeling good? Yeah. No? A little nervous? All right. We'll get through this. Do you, need, you, you scared? You need a hug? You need a hug? Tim, will you hug your brother? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, why don't, we, uh, why don't we say a prayer, and then we'll kick this thing off. Look, your name's up there. See that? Yeah. You're always in the middle. You got a complex about that? <laughs> Just a little bit? It's okay. We'll get through this. Do you want me to make you first? You want me to change that? Or last? Which, let's just pray. Yeah. All right. Father God, we thank you for your word. And we pray that you would uh, open our hearts as we open your word this morning. That you would speak to us and teach us and grow us. Lead us into not only understanding your word, but into what it means to put your word into practice in our everyday lives. Uh, we uh, thank you for this country and the freedoms we enjoy and for those who uh, work and, and fight to protect those freedoms. We just pray your blessing over them and ask that you would watch over them, bring them home safely. We uh, thank you again for uh, this time. Just pray that you would speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, here, you hold that for a second. Okay. So, y'all were given the opportunity to pick any story out of the Old Testament that you wanted, right? And uh, you picked Daniel, and it's my understanding that Garrett had a lot to do with the selection of the story. So, Garrett, why don't you just bring us in to your selection process, what made this story of interest to you? Because people died. That's very deep. <laughs> people died. There's blood and guts. Okay, very good. Um, and uh, so, okay, we can work with that because Jesus died, right? That's, that's not all, yeah, okay, we're, we'll, we'll get there. Um, Tim... You've got, uh, you can use the stand if you want. Whatever, I don't care. Make yourselves at home, you know. There you go. Very prepared. Um, Tim, why don't you give us a little bit of background, what's going on in this story? Why is this guy thrown into a den of lions? We, we all kind of know some aspect of the story, but give us kind of what's going on leading up to this. Uh, Israel was defeated by Babylon. Okay. And Babylon took all the elites. That's so all the smart people. Yes. Yes. Okay. Smart, everything. And then Babylon was defeated by the Persians. Okay. And now Daniel serves the king of Persia. Okay. And Daniel is now a prophet who interprets dreams and visions, like the writing on the wall. Right. We've all heard God that expression. Is. You know, I s we've seen the writing on the wall. That comes from Daniel, believe it or not. Yep. Right. He could actually read the writing on the wall. Mm -hmm. Kind of a neat trick. And uh, Go ahead. And Darius' advisors are now jealous of Daniel because they passed the law that, they can that you can only worship the king for 30 days. Okay. So Daniel is a Hebrew. He's very devout in his faith. He, he prays. He opens his window and faces Jerusalem and prays to his God out loud. Uh, every morning, every evening, maybe more than that. Um, 
He's very public about his faith, and these other advisors who are jealous of him convince the king to pass a law. Uh, but there's a catch. Um, the king and Daniel have a what kind of relationship? Do you know? A close one? Pretty close. Like, the king realizes this guy is, is sharp, he's trustworthy, he's reliable, he's not going to, uh, you know, try to usurp anyone, throw, overthrow the king or anything like that. He's pretty faithful and reliable. And uh, so the king really likes Daniel, but his other advisors talk him into passing this law. Of course, Daniel hears of the law, doesn't care, opens his window, prays out loud, and what happens? He gets caught and thrown into a lion's den. Gets caught and thrown into a lion's den. All right, so we'll pick it up there. And uh, Amber, you're going to read for us from Daniel chapter 6, verses 10 through 27. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. When Daniel knew the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed, gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Then these men came by argument and found Daniel making petition petitions and pleads before his God. Then they came near and said before the king, concerned of the injunction, O king, did you not sign the injunction that everyone who makes a petition petition to any god or man within 30 days except for you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medites and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exalted from Judah, prays, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. When the king, Then the king, when he heard these words with much dis- distress, he sent his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by argument to the king and said to the king, Now, O king, the law of the Mennonites and the Persians, that no injunction or ordinance of the king established can be changed. Then the king commanded that Daniel be brought to him and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continuously, deliver you. And the stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lord, nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his place and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at the break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out, In a tone of anguish, the king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continuously, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angels to shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me, because I am found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken out of the den, so Daniel was taken out, out of the den with no kind of harm was found to him before, because he had trusted in his God. 
And the king commanded that those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children, and their wives were brought to the... And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them, broke all their bones into pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all his people, nations, and languages that dwell on the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that all my, that all my royal dominion dominion people are to tremble in fear before the god of daniel for he is the living god enduring forever his kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be till the end he delivers and rescues he works signs of wonders in heaven and in earth he who saved daniel from the power of the lions all right so amber when you first read this passage you were sort of charged with figuring that, you know, finding what stood out to you, what what was unusual, what kind of jumped off the page at you. Tell me what your first impressions were. Um, I was actually really shocked when it said that all the women and children were also thrown in the lion's den, because I always thought it was just the men. Right. So uh, this is, um, you know, <laughs> uh, how, how do we say this? This is still going on in the world, yeah. right? And it's still going on pretty darn close. This is, this is in modern-day Iran. Yeah. Um, and tribal kings, kings who consolidated pow power among tribal peoples, were almost always ruthless and brutal. Yeah. And so... Darius, as the king of Iran, effectively, uh, and media, but that's another story. Um, if uh, This is no big deal to him. This is just the way you do business in the ancient world of consolidated power. Um, he's sending a message anyone else who wants to mess with him or Daniel, uh, this is not the way to do business. Um, but the way he sends that message is overtly brutal um, and, and really kind of hard to digest in this day and age, right? We have like the Geneva Convention and things like that we kind of think is a good idea. But um, I think it's a good, you know, sort of window into the culture in which the gospel existed in Daniel's time. Um, these are people who uh, thrive on being brutal and heartless and cold and you got it. Okay. And we still see this, right? This is not sure. something that just happened a few thousand years ago. It's still going on today. Um, and then Garrett, uh, you you noticed something uh, rather remarkable when, when you were reading through this the first time. You want to bring us into that? Daniel didn't get turned into two spaghetti. He did not get turned into spaghetti. All right. Um, so there is a contrast between the, the man who's in God's hands and the men and their families who are not in God's hands, who are acting contrary to God. Um, and let's just try to boil this down. We said during the children's chat, um, the story of Daniel is about God protects his people. God, and the main point is 
protects his people. God protects his people. All right. Um, so, Tim, as you were studying the passage, you kind of pulled out a couple of things that I thought were noteworthy and, and good, and those are some of the teaching points that y'all are going to share with us from the story of Daniel. Um, take us into that first one. Hide your faith. Don't hide your faith. All right. Um, you know, Daniel's kind of an interesting character because most of the most of the people in Bible stories uh, we can relate to them because they make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Does Daniel make any mistakes? Yes. He does. He does. When does he make a mistake? okay that was david yeah david made some big mistakes yeah yeah david yeah so yeah someone daniel daniel i mean i'm sure he did yeah. i'm sure he did i'm sure he like stubbed his toe or something right mm-hmm. um he was human like us but the story of daniel really doesn't take us into that kind of darker reality of Daniel's humanity, um, it shows us an example of someone who does not waver, who is willing to face even death with the knowledge that he's going to do what's right. He's going to honor God. He's going to uh, express his faith uh, regardless of what the consequences may be. And so in that sense, uh, theology has a term for that kind of person in an Old Testament Bible story. It says that they are a type, sort of like uh, the type on a printing press, that, that prepare us for Christ. So in Daniel, you see faith expressed, exhibited in the face of um, death. And it's sort of pointing to a future coming of Christ, Christ, who will express faith in the face of opposition. Uh, so Daniel teaches us to express our faith. Uh, Sub point there. Oh, there is no need to fear opposition. No need to fear opposition. Are we going to fear opposition? Yes. Yes. We are. Opposition always brings with it a certain degree of fear. Um, But in the face of that, we know that... God will protect his people. God will protect his people. Very good. Um, Amber, another way in which uh, Daniel teaches us is... Uh, To always trust in your God. To always trust in your God. Um, does Daniel seem bothered by the fact that he's being thrown into the lion's den? No. Not particularly. Mm-hmm. I think I would have been a little more bothered than Daniel appears to have been, right? But I probably have a little more uh, lion bait hanging on my bones than <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> Daniel did. Um, okay. So trust in your God. Daniel walks into the face of death, and what do we learn from that? Um, there's no need to fear the death. 
Okay. Um, no need to fear death. Anybody good at that? No, I mean, that's kind of the ultimate fear, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, Daniel seems to walk into that with a certain confidence that I, I think he's even thinking, I might die, but I've done the right thing. I've, I've acted according to God's will. I've done what was right. I'd and still I'll, be pretty scared. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> I would too. Um, the lions would have to get through some pretty distasteful smells before they could eat me. Right? Uh, yeah. I might be a little salty. Yeah. So, um, the fact that Daniel shows us we don't need to fear death, why? Because he had trust in God that he'd protect him. Okay. Because God always protects his people. And uh, Garrett, what else does Daniel teach us? Worship your God. To worship your God. Um, you know, would it have been easier for Daniel if he just shut his window and didn't pray for a month? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. But is that what he chose to do? Yes. No. Um, so what does that teach us? There is no need to fear God, anyone but God. Okay. So there's no need to fear opposition. There's no need to fear death. But there is a need to fear God, right? And, and by that, I think the, the proper way to understand that is this is the, you know, God is the source of everything, of all life, of all creation, of all meaning. And we ought to acknowledge that and respect that. And when we do, um, that's, what, that's what worship is. We're acknowledging God's worthy, worthiness, um, no need to fear anyone but God and I think you had a little uh, I, I always pictured God like coming down and smiting us with his finger and just like that's a beautiful yeah. picture yeah <laughs> alright um, that is that is that the fear of the Lord that the Bible is calling out of us probably not okay um this this acknowledgement that God is the source of everything, that he created us, he gives us uh, really every blessing we have, every ability we have comes ultimately from him. Um, and this is all part of, of worship. Uh, yes, there is that aspect that, you know, he could smite us with his mighty finger, but um, I think the the heart of this is, you know, Daniel's not kneeling down and praying three times a day because he's afraid God's going to smite him, right? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you know, it doesn't say. Yeah, it's silent on the point. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but nonetheless, we learn um, from this fear of the Lord in, in our worship of him that God... Always protects his people. Always protects his people. Um all right, so let's talk about how this passage points to Christ. We've talked about that a little bit already. 
Um, just walk us into this, Amber, and what are some of the, the clues and signs in the text that Christ is coming? So Daniel is a type of Christ because he's always faith, faithful to God and willing um, to accept God's will. Okay. Um, when he's thrown into certain death, uh, there's a stone rolled and there is a seal placed upon it, which happened when Jesus was placed in the tomb. There was a stone rolled and uh, in front of the tomb and a seal placed upon it. Yep. Um, Daniel beats death um, by not being mauled by lions, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. Uh, Daniel reemerges <laughs> from the lion's den. That proves that God will protect his people. Uh, okay. Just like Jesus uh, was emerges from the tomb. Um, and that when he re- emerges from the tomb, it proves that God's pr- protection is, eterni- er, is internally ours in him. For how long? Ever. Forever. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's some cool little parallels there, right? The, you know, Daniel is, is put into a, a hole in the ground and a, a stone is rolled over the top of it. Um, and uh, his fate is sealed, literally. The, the king's seal is placed on the tomb. No one can break the seal until morning. And uh, in, in exactly the same way, Christ was placed in the tomb after his crucifixion and the seal of Pontius Pilate was, you know, the stone was rolled into place Pontius Pilate's seal was placed on the tomb. And it couldn't be broken for three days. And it couldn't be broken until the angel decided to break it. To break it. <laughs> and, uh, and Jesus was raised from the dead. And, you know, just some, some incredible parallels, right? And in, in making those connections, we see the story of Daniel is really... The story of the story of Christ. It's pointing to a bigger truth, a bigger story, a bigger uh, coming of the Messiah that where God's power will be proven for eternity, not just for a night, but for all eternity, and his son will secure our place in God's family forever. So, all right, pretty cool. I still feel kind of out of place. I'm the only one up here not wearing a green shirt. All the cool and popular people are wearing I green mean, shirts today. I'm sorry. I just, I thought I should dress nicely today. No. You look very nice. <laughs> Thank I you. I didn't go on the offensive. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word, and thank you for these youth and the time they have spent uh, looking into this story of Daniel and how it points us to a greater story, the story of your Son coming to earth, descending to uh, live with us and in our captivity to sin and his willingness to worship you and serve you even at the, in the face of opposition and danger and death. Uh, he defied it all and went to the cross out of love for us. And we thank you, Lord, for that love for this time to be reminded of of your love and protection that you pour out upon us through your son, Jesus Christ. And we just pray, Father, that um, you would minister that truth to each of our hearts this morning. Uh, Continue to lead us into your word throughout the week ahead. Bless us and grow us according to your will and by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. All right. Thank you all.